Welcome to the Kung Fu Mama Show. Today we have a very special guest. She has been in almost 400 podcasts. My gosh, such a delight today. We have a mental health trailblazer and founder of the Global Institute of Mental Health. And she is a media expert on change the way we view and treat children's mental health. Um, her name is Rosianne Kapana Hodge. We're so delighted to have you. Thank you so much for coming on our show. How are you today? I'm great. I'm so excited for this conversation. We're uh, it's nighttime where I am, and it's daytime where you are. And um, you know, we're both moms on the other side of the world. That's amazing. Hi, mommy. <laughs> and I got a hi, mommy. <laughs> right there. Wonderful. Hi, dear. Sorry. I hope I'm not the most like unprofessional podcast. No, no. Oh, trust me, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah okay well um great so let's get started okay so right now um especially here in taiwan this is actually literally just started three weeks ago we're in the third week of level three um for covid um we haven't been in a lockdown ever since it started. Uh, we had zero cases for several, 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 several months. Um, I mean, zero local cases for several months. And then all of a sudden, boom, it hit. And now we are in this sort of quarantine mode for, um, it's been three weeks and it's just been extended all the way to the end of June. So um, I assume, I mean, this you've probably been talking about for, I mean, I guess since last year. Um, you know, it's a very interesting time for mental health because we don't know what it's like to have your kids stuck in the house with you, not being able to interact with other other children. I mean, it's a huge it's a huge change. And we all know how changes for children. You know, it's a big yeah. thing. So, I mean, can you tell us, you know, what are the effects of the pandemic on children's yeah, mental health? And, you know. We have survey research coming out of Asia and China in particular, Europe, and then United States. And, you know, what we're seeing uh, across the globe is that in places with extended periods of social isolation due to quarantining, that kids are showing an uptick, kids and teens and young adults uptick in anxiety, depression, and suicide rates and suicidal oh, ideation. So it's been taking a toll on a lot of kids. I mean, the, so we are social beings. We are designed to be with others. And so mm -hmm. that alone is hard. And then with kids doing virtual learning, it's been quite a disruption. I mean, it's amazing. I didn't know there were places not, you know, in, I mean, I know of places that have had limited quarantine, but um, you know, places like Australia and New Zealand have had low level cases, but, they did extensive periods mm -hmm. of quarantine right in the beginning, even with just a handful of cases. Um, and, you know, it's it's very hard to have kids not play, not to, you know, when you have masks on, not to see people smiling and, and doing all that. And they're, they're necessary oh. precautions, um, but is definitely taking its toll. Mm -hmm. A few weeks is different than months. I mean, we were, I am outside of New York city in the suburbs in Connecticut. Um, 
you know, we've had, a, you know, essentially almost a year and a half of quarantine at this point, you know, and it's opening up now oh as gosh. vaccination rates have gone really high. But, you know, you're some places require masks, like in our center um, in Connecticut, you know, we're mm -hmm. touching people. So you have to have a mask on. There's right. direct contact. And, you know, kids under 12 are not vaccinated. Um, and that's a personal decision. Right. Um, that people have to make for themselves. And I don't feel one way or another. And I think people should make mm -hmm. that choice. Um, but so it has been very long, long period, Sarah, of just being away from other people. Yeah. I mean, does that actually have a long-term effect? Can we fix, can we help that? Or yeah. how's well, that going to be? So just like any other high stress situation, there are um, protective factors and there are risk factors. So risk factors for having extremely long-term effects would be um, not having a good family support system, having a prior history of like traumatic events, um, having no mm -hmm. social connections, right? So we can still mm -hmm. connect socially. Um, and then what are protective factors? So um, right. you're using stress management tools and techniques. You are connecting socially. Um, you mm -hmm. do have a good uh, social support system, parental support system, religious um, affiliations. Mm -hmm. um, those are mm -hmm. all protective factors for mental health. And they're the same in this pandemic. I see. We can focus on mental health proactively and do things right. to regulate and calm the brain and body, or we can keep reacting after. That's what happens in most countries where we wait for things to get bad and then we, we try to address it, you know? And I think yeah. here in the States, I have never seen in my 30 years, I've never seen people be more distressed. I've never seen right. more anxiety. I've never seen more depression or kids with no history of any mental health issues struggle for the first time. Mm -hmm. So when you're more proactive about it, you can actually, you can actually change things. But when, what if say it's already gone to a point where you, they really need help. It, it's going to be able, they're going to be able to come back, right? Or Well, I believe everything is treatable, right? And, you know, treatable. I believe everything's treatable. And I believe the earlier we address things and we, we identify right. problems earlier, um, the problem mm -hmm. is we don't. Um, but when we yeah. address things earlier, then we know outcomes are almost always better, right? And so... Right. The real issue is that it takes 11 years from the onset of a problem, mental health problem, before somebody typically gets appropriate help. 11 years. Wow. 11 years? Oh, Because my when you think about it in kids, it shows up, you know, anxiety, stress, right? Those are the typical things that it starts with. Um, it shows behavioral issues. You know, they show up as stomach aches, headaches. Uh-huh. Mm worried questions, fears, um, you know, problems with attention and those kind of things. It could be a very long time before somebody really gets help, especially because most people who struggle in the inside can do well in school. So, oh. um, so that's often missed, right? So just because you're a straight A student doesn't mean you can't have anxiety or depression or OCD or suicidal thoughts even. I see it every day. So um, we think you have to be 
doing terrible, like knock it out of your bed. So mm-hmm. when we address things early, right. Or even if you're in the middle of a storm where it's a crisis, right. um, when you're getting really good mental health care, right. Uh-huh. Um, it does not mean that, you know, a, a pill is going to fix it. We are rushing to psychiatric medication, um, all over the world, but especially in the United States, they, they make mm-hmm. it the first line of defense for children when there's little research to substantiate that these things work. So we have to right. start using, right. What, um, could potentially help the brain. And that's this research, right. And my book, it's going to be okay. is filled with all this research about Mm-hmm. My kid's got a problem. What do I do about it? Well, guess what? There's a lot of natural things, including, you know, diet and looking at genetics and supplements that can really be really helpful. So, yeah. So it's sort of like a, um, it's entire sort of comprehensive solution for mental health. Yeah. Um, that you're it's talking a lifestyle about. changes, right. You know, and, um, you know, every culture has its, its feelings about food, <laughs> um, uh-huh. but what you put in your mouth, you know, affects your brain. And that's one wow. of the biggest lifestyle changes that you can make that impacts the health of your kid. Like nobody's going to feed a toddler or a one-year-old Cheetos because they know it's bad, right? They're going to mm-hmm. feed it sweet potatoes and right. spinach and grilled chicken or whatever, whatever people are eating. Um, mm-hmm. but somehow we're like, oh yeah, you're a teenager and they're crabby and, um, we're going to let you eat garbage. You know, how is that <laughs> going to help them? Right. You right. know, and they say, right. oh, I can't stop them. Well, you can, cause you're buying it. And so why does that matter? You know, yeah. what you eat is directly linked to how your brain and body works. And so Mm -hmm. there's lots of research to show that, you know, foods with consistent protein, good fat, um, Mm -hmm. that they, um, those foods help your brain with anxiety, depression, attention. I think very few mental health um, experts, I mean, in in my opinion, I don't know, um, talk about this. No, they Uh, don't. They don't say. They don't, right? <laughs> I mean, I've, I mean, this is the first time that I've even heard about yes. this. Your diet um, being very important thing about your mental health. I mean, that's an amazing concept, right? I but mean, think, but when you think about it, doesn't your common sense go, "Yeah, of course, yeah, right, yeah." So, yeah. um, I've been talking about this for 30 years. So, um, which is kind of crazy, but, um, wow. I am actually the daughter of Italian immigrants and I grew up with that food was medicine. You know, what you put mm-hmm. in your body could affect it in good ways. Mm-hmm. Right. And mm-hmm. so, um, what we know about science is through science is that an anti-inflammatory diet is the best diet right. for mm-hmm. mental health. And, mm-hmm. um, what, what is it? It's, it's eating consistent protein, right. a lot of fat, vegetables, fruit. Um, and, um, you know, if you are having grains, you're eating, you know, grains that have better quality, less wheat, uh, low sugar or no sugar and low dairy. So that's a Mediterranean diet. There's two things that I was kind of curious about. Okay. So more fats, meaning good fats, like good avocado fat. fats. Avocado, right? coconut, almonds, salmon, um, eggs. Mm-hmm. Those are good fats. 
And then the second thing, your carbohydrates without wheat. So like gluten-free? Wheat is, and if, in America in particular, wheat has a lot of pesticides in them. So there's a, mm-hmm. um, what are sources of mental health problems? So most people think the number one source of a mental health problems is genetics. I'm going to tell uh-huh. you that's not true. Wow. Um, I mean, yeah, I thought so too. Yeah. So we always think it's genetics. Oh, my mom's anxious, right? You know, could it be that you watch her behaviors and that's how you respond to stress? So some of it is behavioral, not on purpose, but you're watching and learning. Like your kid will mimic you, right, Sarah? Your kid will copy what you do Mm -hmm. because she's pretending and testing out the world. Well, that is a subconscious thing that people internalize. And so if we have parents that respond really well to stress, how do we Mm -hmm. respond to stress? Your kids are much more likely to handle stress appropriately. You know, what can happen is if you have a problem with mental health and a parent shows it regularly, um, meaning that they're depressed or um, they snap a lot. Those are behaviors that a kid can see and internalize and start repeating, right? Mm -hmm. So is it really genetics or they're watching the behaviors, right? So that's one part of it. But more common sources of mental health problems today um, mm-hmm. is chronic long-term inflammation, you know, so lots of inflammatory inflammation through food. We'll get back to that because that's wheat um, and other mm-hmm. sources, but also chronic long-term stress. So okay. stress can produce inflammation, can break down the body, um, break, interfere with the bacteria in the stomach, which then impacts the brain. But wheat is an inflammatory food. Dairy is an inflammatory food. And with people being so stressed, so full of inflammation, I mean, even kids' brains, when I do a brain scan, I can see that even most kids have some level of inflammation. And we're like, how is that possible? But they're under, their food quality is not the same. They're not exercising the same amount to get toxins out of their body. But these factors, stress, stressors, Um, Uh having a a difficult situation. Why are all these kids that have been mentally healthy falling apart in the pandemic? There's a lot of stress on them. I guess you already spoke about some natural remedies to help help kids and reduce and uh, reverse uh, mental health symptoms. Like why are not more people talking about this? (laughs) Oh, you know, Sarah, why are not more people talking about this? You know, I mean, in my book, it's going to be okay. I have 40 pages of research citations. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I am ultimately a scientist and spend a lot of time looking at things and figuring things out. And as Mm -hmm. I was doing this work, I saw these kids struggle. I saw these kids on meds and get worse. Meds, meds, Mm -hmm. meds. That's a standard of care here in the States. Mm -hmm. And and it's changing across the world where meds are are much more, some cultures are not allowing it because they say, wait a second, this is like a four-year-old. This is a nine-year-old. Why would I put my kids on meds first? Can't can't we do some behavioral therapy? Can't we change the exercise? Can't we change their class? Like we have to start thinking differently. You know, people aren't talking about this because for different reasons, but ultimately at the top of the pyramid is typically a physician who guides a a parent. You have a concern Mm -hmm. and those physicians are not getting the help they need. They're not, they're not getting the training that they need to educate parents. So, you Mm -hmm. know, 
they go to school. When they go to school, what do they learn about for mental health? They learn about what the names of the conditions are and what medications treat it. If you ask any right. physician today, they will tell you that is my training. I do not right. learn that OCD has specific type of psychotherapy that makes it, makes it almost completely go away or go away complete at all, completely. Um, hmm. And why don't they know about it? It requires some, a lot of education and training, you know, so some places or some physicians, some cultures say you absolutely go to a therapist first. And then even mm-hmm. within therapists, they are, have really become pill pushers and mm-hmm. they don't understand the power of these things. They get very angry when you talk about nutrition or I'm talking about genetics a lot. I mean, I'm not talking mm-hmm. about kooky stuff. Like I educate parents about epigenetics and how we have certain changes in our genetics that are not inherited, but that are generational changes that mm-hmm. impact how the brain and body work and have a lot to do right. with how we're using certain nutrients. And then I talk about nutrients that help reverse mental health conditions. So, and again, it's all science-based, you know, so we're not talking about it, not because parents don't want to know, they do want right. to know. Um, Mm -hmm. they're not being told. And then they believe that there is going to be fixed by a pill. And they believe that so strongly that even if their kid has had, you know, this is true story times 10, you know, Mm -hmm. eight, nine medication trials with horrific responses, um, including their children being hospitalized, they would rather go down that road, Sarah, they would rather go down that road than try biofeedback or neurofeedback or a dietary change. And I see wow. this every week, every week. Oh my gosh. So, um, and I wish I could say that that is unusual and it is not. I am, there is no way that what is unusual is that I'm actually teaching people about science backed ways. So, mm-hmm. you know, in, 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 um, medications, for children, psychiatric medications, 70% of the time are off-label, no science given to kids. Oh my God, 70%. 70% of the time here in the States. I mean, kids kids in the States are on medication. I mean, yeah. adults, one in, pre-pandemic, one in six Americans are on a psychiatric medication. Oh my gosh. Wow, that's startling, insane. right? It is, it is, and I, and I and I imagine this is what inspired you to write your book. Um, every day you're dealing with uh, patients that are misinformed, misinformed, and, and- misinformed. I had a mom say to me, "Don't don't you get sick of like saying telling people this?" And I'm like, "I don't get sick of it because." People need to know. I mean, that's why I do all right. these television shows and and in magazines and all that because. I know somebody's yeah. going to listen and they're going to say, mm-hmm. wait a second, I've had yeah. my kid on ADHD medication and mm-hmm. every time I try to put him on or take him off, he worsens. There's right. got to be another way. It's got to be another right. way. Well, there is. And I literally mm-hmm. lay it out in, in my book mm-hmm. because people, not everybody can, you know, I work with people all over the, I have family in Hong Kong right now, you know, Mm -hmm. like I work with people all over the world. We do neurofeedback remotely. Um, 
you know, I have two people flying in the next two weeks from other countries because, you know, mm-hmm. the, the ban is lifted because they want to see me in person and do a QEG brain map, which let, tells us the health of the brain mm-hmm. and tells us what areas are working and not working. And, you know, we have so much Very available to us to be diagnostically helping kids and their families. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we need to help kids earlier because it's not right. that it's never treatable. It's mm-hmm. always treatable, but their self-esteem right. gets damaged. And I once see. your self-esteem is damaged and you lose confidence and you lose hope, it's mm-hmm. much, 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 much harder. I deal with moms every day, right. Sarah, that are, and it, and not to say that dads aren't a part of it, but moms are often the CEO of the healthcare and mm-hmm. um, they feel so ashamed that mm-hmm. they didn't find me faster or do this faster. And I'm like, don't be ashamed. You're here, you know, but we're going to have more work to get to have to get through so that your kid and you believe that things can be different. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's a, it's a crisis. Mental health is an absolute crisis. We have two States in the U S right now that declared a state of emergency for kids, mental health. Oh my goodness. And how, that's insane. How, right. how, how early, how early are these, um, how early can you see any uh, mental health issues? Like you how know, early does it get? You can see mental health issues depending on what they are, right? Sometimes they show up very early. You can see them as a toddler. Um, you can see, you know, and when we talk about issues, we were, I'm also talking about neurodevelopmental disorders like autism and ADHD, mm-hmm. but you know, why would a young, very young kid be depressed or anxious? You know, sometimes these things just happen. It's not like, you know, their dog died or they were in a car accident. Sometimes those things do happen. Right. And I think mm-hmm. parents right. miss the signs um, your kid might be a kid that's much more easily stressed. And you're like, what do you mean they're stressed? Mm-hmm. I live in a nice apartment. You know, we, we go to this great school. Some kids have an internal dysregulation. So, you know, right. you want to look for those signs. Like they're often missed because kids are so good and they want to please. Mm-hmm. So the very behavioral kids, the hyper kids, the kids that punch somebody, the kids that get mad easily, they, they get help because it's hard to miss them. Right. Right. But you know, the quiet kid who's like afraid to let go of his mom or ask 10 times if you're going to be home when he gets off the bus, those, those are signs, clear signs of anxiety. And then the kids that sleep problems or vomit or diarrhea, they often have anxiety too. And they get missed. And kids like this can be, especially if they're perfectionist tendencies, you know, Mm -hmm. they can do so well and it can be that they're not identified until they are a teenager. You know, I I had a kid recently and this is such a common story that I'm not sharing anybody's story. Well, the mother was like, when I tell you at Roseanne, I had no idea that my son had anxiety. I'm going to tell you I had no idea. So he just like Mm -hmm. fell apart in the pandemic. I mean, fell apart, like went to a psychosis in psychiatric hospitals on medications. And she was like, I don't even know where it came from. But she said, now right. that I realized it, he had constipation. He had right. sleep. Pro- he could never get to sleep. 
um, huh. he asked a lot of questions like, mom, you know, are, are you sure? Are you sure you got my skis? Are you sure you got my skis? You know, like nice, nice, sweet, sweet boy. But she was like, they were all signs of worry. But he had good right. grades and he had friends and he didn't right. say he was worried. And I was like, and, and, you know, and the boy said, I didn't even know I was worried. Right. But when I right. now understand what it is, I was worried. And so now it morphed into a, a obsessive compulsive disorder and he has intrusive right. thoughts and he cannot not think. He, he only can think about his worries. So, wow. um, so that's why he broke down in the middle of this pandemic. It just got mm -hmm. to this very high level. So, you know, his mom was guilt ridden and I was like, wait a second, you know, like you didn't, you didn't know the sign. So that's why I do a right. lot, a lot of this conversation about what should we look for? You know, yeah. um, is your kid, when it comes to toddlers, Sarah, do they take a really long time to recover from a tantrum? Right. So uh -huh. is it 10 minutes or is it two hours? Right. So wow. is it two hours once? So is the intensity of a tantrum and the duration and the frequency, are they high? So mm -hmm. are they having a lot of long tantrums? That's the problem, mm -hmm. guys. If your kid's okay. having a lot of long tantrums, I don't mean one here and there. But, you know, they're having a lot, you know, and then they can't recover after. So they have a tantrum right. and then it takes them, you know, 20 minutes, half an hour a day to recover. Your kid's got a problem with emotional and behavioral regulation, a hundred percent. And that's wow. going to show up in life mm -hmm. and it's going to show up. Um, it's going to show up in a lot of places and times when you don't, especially mm -hmm. when they're teenagers. So you want to help mm -hmm. them to regulate, right? You know, that's, Right. That's what I teach a lot of parents, you know, um, mm -hmm. to do. We, we have a community called Raising Successful Kids Community and um, mm -hmm. do a lot of this kind of stuff because parents don't know how powerful they can be. They can change, right. you know, that they're, you're, particularly mother's mental health. Um, mm -hmm. And through parenting, kids learn how to manage stress. And that those, those experiences that they have form how they manage big stressors in life. And some right. kids, either their wiring or their sensitivities struggle with regulation, you know, and you mm -hmm. just said before we started, Sarah, you know, said the same with me. I have two very different kinds of kids. They, right. same genetics. Yeah. They came out right. who they came out. I have to parent them completely differently. I mean, the anchors are the uh -huh. same, the, 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 but you know, you got to meet your kid where they're at. Right. And it doesn't right. mean it's a clinical problem, but, you know, tantruming in how they manage no and stressors is a good mm -hmm. indicator. Right. Don't, mm -hmm. you know, so little tantrums are yeah. supposed to have little tantrums and they can have, yeah. they can go through an extended period where they're having two or three mini tantrums a day, or they're about to tantrum, but right. you know, you, you know, you know, not yeah. every kid is easy. Please know that all mm -hmm. kids are supposed to have upset. It's learning right. and then, and then realizing, okay, well, that's not going to work. And right. now I've got to learn to cope with it and get over it. Mm -hmm. And that's mm -hmm. what kids do. They get upset. They experiment in their environment and they learn to tolerate it and they move on. I see. 
So uh, outside of tantrums, are there other other warning signals for toddlers that we should be looking at? I mean, I would say a lot of aggression, right? So Mm -hmm. um, a lot of hitting or biting, um, you know, hair pulling, you know, uh, uh, again, small periods of it. Um, And then, you know, signs of neurodevelopmental disorders, not looking somebody in the eye, um, Mm -hmm. uh, not wanting affection, delayed, you know, Mm -hmm. delayed speech, those kind of things. If you're looking for big developmental delays in in toddlers, right? And how Mm -hmm. they just how they regulate, you know, toddlers are they fall apart when they're tired. Well, they're tired. You know what I mean? Like today we were talking, we had a end of the year school pool party Mm -hmm. at my house today. And, um, one mom said, Oh, my kid could go like five hours without eating. I said, five hours without eating. I mean, my Mm -hmm. kids, you know, when they were little, they literally would come to me and say, do you have any meat? Because they need, <laughs> they needed protein. And so uh-huh. they knew I always carried beef jerky and nuts and high protein snacks. And, uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, you know, they're still very much like that today. Yeah. Yeah. You know, older school age and teenager, they need protein. They know that it, they feel funny. They feel dysregulated when they don't have it. So I feel grateful that they picked that up and they realize that they, they're like, Oh, I right. need some right now. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really good. I mean, it's important. I I guess it's because also they have you as their role model. So they can sort of, they can understand, they can understand what you do. And they understand that. Well, we talk about stuff super openly. Like I could be like kids, mommy didn't sleep last night means I'm going to be cranky. So Mm -hmm. what can you do? I (laughs) I could not bug you. You know what I mean? And they literally are like, come up with ideas like, okay, that really helped me out. You know what I mean? So, um, and so, and what's great about that is one, I let them know I'm not perfect Two, Uh I'm, I'm not saying like, you know, I'm like, Hey, I'm having a hard time. They, they need to understand it. And you know, we problem solve what are things we do. So, you know, sometimes I'm like, Oh, mommy's just got to buck up and this, I'm going to take my B12. And we're going to do that. And then I want to make sure I take my bath. So I just let them know. That's great. I mean, it's like you have a great communication with your family. And I think that's, is, I mean, that's one of the big important things about mental health, I imagine. Yeah. It's just having open communication and, and giving your kids a safe space and helping them to connect to their sensations. So like when your toddler's Mm -hmm. upset, or your right. 15 year old is upset, you know, I use work, make statements like, where do you feel it in your body? You know, mm-hmm. so that they get to understand like, oh, when my chest tightens or my arm hurts, that means I'm upset or I'm mm-hmm. angry or I'm this. And then they start to listen to their body and they don't ignore. And then you can connect feelings to their body mm-hmm. because tab feelings is an obscure thing to kids. And you have right. to build it with body sensations. They can understand like, oh, I feel it in my head, my head, my head. I, you know, I remember this viral video of a little Italian girl and she's saying to her dad, you're making my head hurt. You're making my head hurt. And she's, <laughs> you know, going like this and she's getting all so adorable. And um, I, it was so funny, but she was so clear that when she was angry that her head hurt. 
And the father was like, I hear you. I hear you. Your head hurts because you're mad, you know? And um, it was adorable. And, and it, you know, she got to express herself. And right. she looked like a 57-year-old. And she was maybe three and a half. And um, <laughs> it was really cute. But you want your kids to connect to their sensations so that when, right. they're, when they're older and they're mm-hmm. in, in uh, somebody says, makes them feel uncomfortable, right? Another mm-hmm. kid asks a, them to bully another kid or whatever. They're like, my body says that's wrong. We always try mm-hmm. to think it's in your brain, but it's in your body. Right. And then mm-hmm. they'll be like, no, I'm not going to do that. I don't feel like that's right. You have mm-hmm. to get kids to ground and understand what it's out because, you know, this world is full of a lot of things like a global pandemic. Right. And it exactly. always starts within and parenting is a way to cultivate good mental health. And, you know, your kid can mm-hmm. have wiring issues. Your kids right. could be more sensitive to stressor, but these same techniques work regardless of what your kid is going through or not. Mm-hmm. Just some kids so, are easier to parent. Okay. I see. So it's, it, it's a lot of it is to connect your, your body feelings to your mind just being uh, more self-aware and you and your feelings and you have them start from the beginning. Yeah, start from the beginning and then your kids will then when you when something really bad happens or difficult, the conversations are easy. And then let's mm-hmm. say your kid really did develop, you know, this mm-hmm. boy developing OCD. He didn't say to his mother, "I have these intrusive thoughts." Eventually he mm-hmm. said, "I can't turn my Bye, brain mommy. off." And the people around him kept thinking his anxiety, but it wasn't. Mm-hmm. It's obsessive compulsive disorder. It's very different mm-hmm. kind of treatment. So his therapist didn't even recognize it. So right. because you need a certain kind of training for that. So, mm-hmm. um, so, but if he was able to connect to his body, he might've been able to say, I have these racing thoughts. And his mother might have said about what, you know, mm-hmm. so, you know, so it's, it's good to connect. Right. It's not mm-hmm. that hard. It's just shifting mommy, how you mommy. talk to your kids, you know, mm-hmm. here go like my, my kid here. <laughs> Hi, honey. Mommy's just talking. Mommy's just talking to auntie. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's okay. Um, yeah, so the one thing about the Kung Fu Mama show, the Kung Fu Mama kids are always allowed to jump in and jump out if they'd like. Right. Right. Okay, well, I mean, I think we've we've really talked about so much stuff here. Um it's 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 amazing. I mean, I think it's amazing the things that you that things that you that you talk about, um especially the fact the natural remedies and things that you should do um um, doing the house. Um, is there any, is there any, um, any practices that you feel that all, you know, all, all parents should be doing just from the beginning? Um, do you have any, any advice, you know, for parents out there that what to do? I think we have to focus. We don't do enough as mothers, um, as fathers, as you know, and to help our kids to learn how to calm down their body. And so I think one of the things that is super easy that anybody of any age can do and it's free is breath work. 
And so I just don't think people understand why it's important. So Mm -hmm. when we do diaphragmatic breathing, which is belly breathing, we fill up our belly with air and then we Mm -hmm. do a nice exhalation through our mouth. What we do is we take our stress system or autonomic nervous system and we take it from a stress state down to a relaxed, what's called parasympathetic state. And so by doing that and just doing three breaths, you know, in a row like that. So, you know, in through your nose, out through your mouth, there's all kinds of ways you can have toddlers do it by doing bubbles. They can do pretend bubbles. You can do real bubbles. You can say, we're going to do bubble breathing. Oh, oh, let's Uh pretend, keep it. And they, and they keep, do keep the exhalation going. That's the key. What happens is you just keep your nervous system instead of this rev state, you keep it down here, you keep it down here, you keep it down here. And that just is what I call a stress inoculator. So when kids are down here Mm -hmm. and they're nice, relaxed, and let's say their sister comes up to them and whacks them in the head, not to say they're not going to get upset, but maybe it's not going to result in a full meltdown. Maybe it's going to result in her or he being able to sit down and talk. And, um, and, and use, Hey, don't do that. Don't do that to me. I don't like that. How would you do that? You know, instead of boom, boom, boom. So we just, we know as common sense, right? I'm like the common sense psychologist. We, we, (laughs) if you're less irritated when an irritation happens, you're better able to deal with it. If you're super irritated and irritation happens, hello, you're going to not handle it your best. So breath yes. work is critical. It helps them to also connect to the, those sensations and it makes it easier when you have sensation talk to help them to understand mm-hmm. what the thoughts are and what the feelings are. So we're always in therapy mm-hmm. trying to do, do thinking and feeling when it's really about what our body is, what our body sensations are. And then mm-hmm. you can connect to thoughts. Then you can connect to feelings. Feelings is the last. So it all starts with breath work. So many good mm-hmm. things happen to the brain and body. And it's simple. You should just make it part of your day, like brushing your teeth. Do your breath work. Okay. So every so every day, just uh, do a deep breathe in through your nose. Yep. And a longer exhalation. And you want to do that three okay. times and in a row. That's simple as that. Simple, simple as, as that. that. Yep. Calm the nerves. Yeah. Calm the nervous system down. Yep. All right. That's it. That's it. So can you tell us um, when your book is going to be out and how to how how we can all avail of it? Yeah. So my book is out. It's called It's Gonna Be Okay. And you can buy it on Amazon or you can go to It's Gonna Be Okay dot com. And I have some free gifts for people Mm -hmm. who buy my book. Um, and it's, you know, it's really a resource guide for parents, whether you have a kid who is struggling or not, it literally tells you how to protect your kids or improve mental health symptoms. And, and, you know, you've heard me, I'm very common sense, practical kind of girl. It's all stuff that anybody can do. There are some more advanced therapies like neurofeedback and biofeedback and psychotherapy. I just explain what they are so that you understand, and then you get to see what the research says about it. So, you know, again, Mm -hmm. 40 pages of research citations in my book, um, because I want people to understand that there's a lot of science behind holistic therapies. We should never be afraid of them. And then we should be the stand, they should be the standard of care before we medicate our kids. 
Amazing. Thank you so much for for letting us know all of this amazing knowledge. Um, I think a lot of parents have learned so much today from you, and um, I'm sure they'll also be looking you up if they have any problems. <laughs> um, so, then uh, that being said, how do how do we find you? Yeah, I'm pretty much Dr. Roseanne everywhere. So that's D-R-R-O-S-E-A-N-N. That's dot com. I'm Dr. Roseanne mm-hmm. on YouTube, TikTok, and Instagram, and Dr. Roseanne Kapanahaj on Facebook. Amazing. All right. Well, thanks so much for being on the show. We really appreciate it. And Well, thanks for having me. Okay. All right, guys. Uh, make sure you follow Kung Fu Mama Show at Kofu Mama Show, Instagram, Facebook, and Zatora Podcast. Thank you. Bye.